Ophidiophobia is the fear of snakes. This is the second most popular phobia, um, particularly when it comes to animals. Arachnophobia is number one, and Ophidiophobia, the fear of snakes, is number two. And it is estimated that about 10%, so one in 10, um, people have some kind of fear or phobia of snakes. Now, it, there are differing degrees. Some people just don't like them. That doesn't mean it's a phobia. For it to be a phobia, there has to be a instant, consistent reaction of anxiety whenever they see a snake or in fact something that looks like a snake. Um, that's, the, that's the crucial thing. It has to be consistent and also generalized. Now, the fear of snakes quite often comes from a learned behavior. So if as a child you had a family member or an older sibling perhaps that had a fear of snakes, it's quite possible that you simply learned that fear from them. Well, what is your calling now? Snakes. Snakes. I catch them. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hello. Hi. Very exciting announcement. Our first ever Speak All Evil Presents film screening will be May 12th at Gino's Rock Club in downtown Portland, 6 p.m. Thursday night, a free event open to the public. We are going to be showing the original classic Friday the 13th. On Thursday the 12th. On the big screen. <laughs> you know, Kevin, life doesn't always work out exactly the way you might envision it in your mind. Rinky dink operation. <laughs> Doing the best we can. <laughs> um, I'm very excited. I've been interested in doing film screenings for a long time. Obviously, we've talked about that a bunch when we started the podcast, but everything has been on hold for two years now. So uh, come out 6 o'clock Thursday night, easy one, save your money for the drinks, and um, have a movie on us. Enjoy a shared cinematic experience outside mm -hmm. of your home, away from the monitor light, just like the old days. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about the legend Tom Savini, Dave's been talking about a Tom Savini episode for a long time. Uh, of course, Tom Savini, best known as the makeup artist and special effects master of 80s horror, also an actor and director in his own right. And we're going to be talking about two of his classic movies, starting with Maniac from 1980. Maniac is on Shudder right now, actually, also on Prime, also on Tubi. It's on, I think, like all the free sites. Easy to see Maniac. Um, Tom Savini did the special effects work in Maniac and also plays a role in it as an actor. Also going to be talking about The Prowler from 1981, which is free on Tubi right now or a rental on Prime. That's more classic Savini effects work. Interesting guy. A lot to talk about next week. This week... It's Cat's Creepy Crawlies once again, <laughs> slithering and snaking and sliding and shedding skins. I guess we're going to start with the cult classic, mm -hmm. Anaconda from 1997. Yes. Um, some would say it's the banger, 1997's uh, Anaconda, from Luis Yosa, 
This is about a filmmaker and her crew who are traveling deep in the jungle looking for a forgotten tribe when they come across a man stranded on a riverbank that offers to help them find the tribe. But his secretive behavior strikes everyone as odd and puts them on edge. They realize too late that he's been using them to find a legendary anaconda that's worth a fortune if they don't die trying to catch it. Talk about a star-studded mm. cast. Yes. Woo! Yes, <laughs> We've indeed. got J-Lo, obviously, the head mm-hmm. honcho of this whole operation. Uh, we got Ice Cube. We got Owen Wilson. We got uh, John Voight's uh, fantastic uh, portrayal of a man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Eric Stoltz. He is, he is a man. Oh, man. <laughs> no doubt Sharon, I believe, he's named in this. Sure. I lost track. Paul Sharon. Um Eric Stoltz is in it for like 20 minutes, uh, so that was cool. Um, that's a good start, I think, to the film. I'm not saying this film is good. I didn't mm. come here tonight to tell you that this is a good film. I hope not. All right? All I'm saying is that it's fun. It's a fun watch. It's obviously got some flaws. Um, the CGI for one, might not be the best, but it's, you know, it's 97, so maybe they did the best that they could with that. Um, It's a bit comical, I would say. The acting, I think Ice Cube gives the performance of a lifetime Um, up until, (laughs) up until, where are we? What was that movie he was in? Like, The Family Film? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? (laughs) Where are we? (laughs) That's this entire movie. Is the boat there yet? Yes. Have you ever heard of Boys in the Hood? Yeah, all I've heard of it. Um, We're not talking per- actual performance of a lifetime, Trent. Okay. I don't know. Backpedal. I don't know. Which Maybe lifetime? I uh, my lifetime. I might have been born after Boys in the Hood. Who knows? Um, Sad. The plot is not great, but it's not the worst plot I've ever experienced. Um, it's very stupid. It's very goofy. I don't think that's what they're going for, but I think that looking back on it now... It's just, you know, it's you can't help but laugh at all the stupid things that happen. And I think that's my favorite part. Like, the Owen Wilson death comes to mind. Everybody gets it, basically, in this movie. Let's, it's came out. You can't really spoil this, like trying to spoil a week old egg salad. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's stupid. I cackled for a lot of it. I will say, though, that I didn't think the puppetry was that bad. Like, the close up. Practical effects of the snake was Terrible. not as bad as the CGI. Um, again, I'm not saying this is a must-watch film, but it is a film that is fun to revisit. It's fun to get very baked. Maybe do some dabs. You guys know how I love dabs. Mm. Also crack, maybe. I don't Hurt know. Hurt yourself, sure. Hurt yourself. Uh, <laughs> Has the um, opposite affected me. This is a buzzkill. Is it? I See, I thought it was just a fun, like I'm like, Nick, we're watching Anaconda, and he's like, I'll be in the other room watching something else. And I'm like, <laughs> Ooh, okay. Wow. But, you know, it's a it's a nice, like, snake. It's a nice snake-eating hot people film for 90 minutes, and I think we all need that every once in a while. This is one of the worst movies I've ever watched that I would say is one of the most entertaining movies that I've ever watched. And it blew my mind that it had one in 1997 had a 45 million dollar budget 
and it mm. made a hundred and thirty-seven million dollars at the box office. Banger! It was number one for two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? J Lo. But J Lo wasn't J Lo then. Ice Cube no. was Ice Cube, but not like the actor Ice Cube. It must have been a bad couple weeks for. I think people were starving for like what giant snake movies. And if I've had a lot of times in my life where I've been like, who would I trade places with? Um, Eric Stoltz, maybe, because he must have gotten like three, four, five million dollars for this movie to be in it for 10 minutes, get knocked unconscious, and then be asleep for the entire movie until Mm -hmm. the last 10 minutes. Uh, Owen Wilson's, like, really, this was Owen Wilson's first like big. Uh, build performance. He's so bad. Uh, but John Voight, gee, I mean, I hate John Voight for a lot of reasons, but his performance in this and his ever changing accent is so fucking bad. It's unforgivable. Um, but you know what? Overall, I loved watching Anaconda again. <laughs> and I go. can't believe it. it came out the year I graduated high school. I'm dating myself here. <laughs> Um, I definitely didn't see it in theaters. I didn't know people that old were allowed to podcast. Oh. What, the, what is I that? Think that's <laughs> like, I think that's like the minimum age Jesus. for podcasters nope. <laughs> these days. Um, it's not so bad it's good. It's like literally so bad that you kind of have to watch it just to appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, the lyric comes to mind, Anaconda, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, what I'm saying about it being a buzzkill is for me, um, maybe it's just the artistry of something like this that getting super baked and then watching like, okay, this is a bunch of like corporate fucks insulting the intelligence of the audience. And also like, I feel like making us all stupider a little bit at the same time, especially when it's number one at the box office for two weeks. Like that's... Fair. It's fair. People lost brain cells from this. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's trash, but like I am okay with trash. I, I didn't think it was fun. I felt like there was a disconnect between what was going on in this movie. Like, uh, you know, maybe I just didn't get the irony or whatever because the actors play this whole thing straight faced like they're trying to win an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's the CGI slash like amusement park ride snake <laughs> just doing stuff all around them. And they're trying to be like real serious. Um, the only high point of this movie, the only part where I was like, oh, I like that was the uh, snake uvula perspective camera. Yes. Yes. I like that. Camera inside the snake. I like that. And I only have one suggestion that I think would have made it better for me is uh, I think at the end, when Ice Cube lights the fuse, uh, he should have just melted. Because he's an Ice Cube. Oh. Oh. Nice. (laughs) That went way over my head. (laughs) We're like, what? Um... Pass. <laughs> Forty-five million dollars. Wow! In yes, nineties money. I cannot believe. You know, at least it was a hit. I can respect if you're going to spend forty-five million dollars and come home with this movie. At least you got it over. At least you made like it made like a hundred and thirty some million dollars. It was a big deal. The funny thing about the cast in this is like. 
now they're all superstars. But at this time, JLo had only, she had just finished um, Selena or that mm-hmm. not finished, yes. it, but Selena had been out. That was her big role. She had really hadn't done anything. And then she did Out of Sight, the Soderbergh film after this. So she really was, she wasn't even doing music. JLo was not a pop star, was not a box office um, leading woman at all. Um, if if at, at the time that this was released, the stars would have been like John Voight and Eric Stoltz. Those were like the bigger names. Obviously, Ice Cube was was huge in music, but um, uh, God, it was pretty brutal. Thankfully, it's on Netflix. Thank you, Kat. I'm glad I didn't have to rent this one. <laughs> you know, I watched this the first time. I got halfway through. I was like, God damn, this is some of the worst stuff I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, and we've seen some stuff. But, you know, I kind of was like... I was happy when I went back to to actually watch it again. I realized I was halfway through because I didn't know when I stopped it, you know, because I couldn't take anymore. I was like, oh, there's only like 40 more minutes. This movie at least is only 90 minutes. They could have dragged this out for like an hour and 50 minutes and that would have been pretty brutal. So it does actually go by once you realize, okay, this is really one of the worst things ever. And then you watch it for fun and uh, it's, it's paced pretty well. I will say... I did not at any time believe that any of these people were in the same place as that snake one time in the whole movie. The animatronic real one, the CGI ones, it never seems like they are near a snake. I don't, it's just like every time the snake shows up, you are on a movie set and wondering what's going on. The eyes, first of all, that's not what an anaconda eyes look like. Anaconda has like round eyes. It doesn't have the... the, the um, you know, stereotypical snake eye type of thing. They don't I have mean, like the slanted eyes. No, they they don't. So it's not even like uh, anatomically correct in that sense. I guess I would have to say, I would rather watch Anaconda again than a few of the movies we've talked about, like Thirteen Ghosts, <laughs> like uh, Leprechaun Four in Space. I think I'd rather watch this than Event Cat Horizon. Is being attacked. I feel maybe maybe even meet the feebles to get Dave in. Okay, uh, okay, uh, okay like <laughs> listen, you movie, told me I couldn't bring up Leprechaun like, Four in space in anymore. There, like <laughs> my it's, favorite thing to do in this world is to complain about things. So thank you very much for giving me something to be unhappy about. I'm actually happy when I'm spewing unhappy things, and that's what I'm here for. Yeah, well, you've got a lot to chew on here, buddy. <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is we need more puka shell necklaces in this film. That might be my only critique. Did anybody notice Ice Cube's dialogue is all dumb? ADR. ADR. Because he, at some point after this was filmed, allegedly, it was decided that the language wasn't PG-13 and it needs to be PG-13 to make this big budget success that they were planning on. So they went, he had to go back and like dub in a bunch of stuff. Um, I thought it actually doesn't look that bad, but there are points where he's obviously being Ice Cube, and then when you watch the movie, that's not what he's saying. No, this movie has so many continuity issues. Yeah. It's it's laughable. It's actually one of the things that makes it fun to watch. Like, Ice Cube, forget about the ADR. He, like, jumps into the river and goes over to a boat and then gets up out of the river and his clothes are dry. Like, there's a whole scene where the boat is pulling away at the end, and the waterfall is going in reverse. Did like, you guys, did anybody see the waterfall going up? I did. Did yes. you notice that? No. I had a <laughs> lot more to worry about in this movie, like a giant snake. Cat was worrying about like how much we were going to shit on. It's <laughs> just like, everyone hates me this No, week. that that was one of the yeah. things that bugged me the most, Kevin, as far as continuity. You can, the whole movie, just look at Ice Cube's socks. 
and you know that nothing that has happened to the entire film <laughs> is real because the whole movie yes. from beginning to end, no matter how long he's been in the river, no matter what he's been doing, Shit's his dry. socks are dry, dry and bright white the entire time. $45 million, you can't mess up the guy's socks. Brown socks. <laughs> Come it's, on. It's, it, it, what was it, like $100,000 per second that the snake was on scene? Wow. Mm. Half the movie is just a shot of a boat on a river. It looks good. The river is nice. Yeah. They but did they, shoot this in, uh, but the, in Brazil. I, some of it. I mean, I didn't oh. time it. I, I would like to now, like with a stopwatch, and be like, how much of the movie is just a boat on a river? So they got a bunch of like beautiful shots of a boat on a river, and then they cut the film, and they were like, oh, wait, this movie sucks. And it's like 50 minutes long. How do we get it to 90? Oh, we'll just shoot more of the boat on the river. Mm. Well, you know, the thing that, that makes me angry about this movie is it's like the opposite of all the the reasons why we like Jaws. The reasons why we talked about liking Jaws, not seeing the shark that much, uh, building, yes. you know, lots of suspense. And that happened, but there was a point, and maybe even 45 minutes in, where I'm just like, there's no fucking anaconda in this movie. It's just a <laughs> soap opera on a fucking floating barge going a down documentary the crew that's not even picking up cameras to shoot things. Yeah. I know. Uh, but... You know, I w- I, this movie wouldn't, if it tried to be Jaws, it also would have failed. Mm. I think something about maybe watching it in retrospect, I never saw this back then because um, I just thought I would hate it so much. And I can't believe and how right. all these people are, uh, like, you'll see a bad person in a movie, but seeing this many, like, <laughs> reputable actors in a bad movie is, like, un- unheard of. You don't see that. No. Yeah. See, I think I had that moment. Again, like la- like my last picks, my little creepy crawly picks, where you see them when you're so young, you're like, this is the most terrifying movie I've ever seen in my whole life. And sometimes it plays out well. Like Alien, I had many nightmares about Alien and Predator and all those movies from like the fourth grade on. Wait, wait, wait you were <laughs> you were afraid of Anaconda when you were a kid? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this movie came out. <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> this a joke I'm not understanding Sad. no just uh, that it's was just a, I was six years that, old when this movie came out I was six years Dave old just made it's better than most of the ADR <laughs> I I don't know that explains a lot because we were scared by like people being skinned alive in Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. 2 right you you were scared by Anaconda yeah so that I think explains some uh, of our tolerances for a this snake kind might of thing sneak into my South Berwick main apartment you know, in 1998, and I wouldn't know, and then that would be the end of me, but you know? I think the thing is, when you make a movie uh, like a big uh, giant rabbit, like Night of the Leapest, or like a giant spider thing, or these monster movies, I think you need to cheapen it down a little bit. You need to make it a little bit lighter, and it's not a $45 million thing. It's a thing that uh, is tongue-in-cheek, and when it, yes. the snake looks bad, you're like... Okay, well, it's I don't funny. care. It's it yeah. Bad. yeah, yeah. They did not. Yes, I agree. They did not do this. Toilet ass slayed that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Last well, week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, we'll talk about toilet ass some more during some self awareness in that movie. Stop. You both. Both of you stop. To, like, <laughs> I'm never going to stop talking. About <laughs> I know. I know. It's I know, me and Kevin. I know. But I was David Trent. Stop talking about that movie. 
I mean, there were big writers on this movie. There were like huge. There were three. It took three people to write this, by the way. Three. And, and like <laughs> two of them were, well, four actually, because one like that allegedly did all of the rewrites as they were shooting was uncredited. But uh, two of them were sense, like a though. duo that did movies like Top Gun. Yes. And like all these huge movies. Top and they're talking Gun? about rebooting this movie, like doing a new <gasps> Anaconda. It's supposed yes. to be a production. Yeah. Oh, my God. 2020 with yeah. it can't yet be worse, another though. big action movie movie writer like but i think dave has it right like this should be like like a low budge like scary movie i mean it's already not got like 10 sequels too i could it's got I so many no idea i saw i yeah. saw the blood orchid sequel like i saw that I one and i thought that was okay like it, it like <laughs> tried to be like a little more scary I, really? better than this though oh it's better than anaconda for it, sure wow four um, but i had no idea that there were three other ones yes yeah. There's four total sequels to this, including a Lake Placid crossover. <gasps> I did oh, not know that. I think that was the last one. Ooh. It's a crossover of both franchises. Like, I, didn't even I, realize. Expect, I expect your next <laughs> well, pick great. to have Lake Placid in it. No, I mean, we just Listen. talked about it. That's two birds, one stone. We, that's all God, we don't no, need to we're talk doing about it. Lake Placid uh, now. I thought the first one wasn't that bad. I like Bridget Betty Fonda. White? Bridget Fonda. Yeah. Betty White. We're all like Bridget Fonda. You're like Betty White. <laughs> I was also <laughs> like Betty White. <laughs> Um, this director, uh, Louis Lusa, Louis Losa, yes, sir. He had made two action movies Louis before this, uh, and this... he did nothing after this. Until yeah, this like was the one last other thing movie he did. after. <gasps> uh, but he Aww. made he made the Specialist with Sharon Stone and Sylvester Stallone, which was like a big deal at the time. It's funny how old Hollywood this is. Like when you go to research this movie, even I'd like to actually read like an oral history today or some kind of making of that acknowledges how terrible it is. Because right now it's funny. Most of what's out there is still like old Hollywood studio promo bullshit biz stuff that like I found actually a site from like the early internet from the mid late nineties when this came out, it must've been a site that was run by a press office for a studio or, or something. And it has the longest blog in the world on this movie. And the whole blog is just like canned quotes from people like JLo about how great it all was and what a good time it was and how she did her own stunts. Like just all total bullshit. You can't really find anyone who was involved in this, at least that I can find, really giving you the real deal about like how wild and just bizarre and stupid this whole thing must have been. It's like the old music scene. Like this movie is the epitome of like the old music business and the, yeah, model. Yeah, and, and clearly like Hollywood thought this was going to be a winner. Like clearly everyone was sure that this was going to be the next Jaws. This was going to be a big deal. It had all the old people behind it. And I mean, they were right in as far as it made a lot of money. So Well, it just was. This was the, like you're comparing the, the music business at this time. It was a time when they just spoon-fed you whatever they wanted. They put enough money behind it yes. that you would take it, right. no matter what it right. was. And and very indulgent. Yeah. 16, exactly. 17 track CDs, right. like this kind of stuff, just all the money in the world. Yeah. I also want to call out the fact that they had the snake do uh, noises. Yes. And they spent money on... That, that was kind of ta- fun. We've talked about Frank Welker. He's done so. He it literally is the highest-grossing um, box office person in history, in terms of like how many voices he's done in movies. Um, like what? Well, just what we've talked about, like Cat's Eye, uh, Tremors, Eight-Legged Freaks. But like, look up Frank Welker. 
They had him do all of the voices of the snake, which, by the way, snakes don't have voices. That was kind of funny, though. I didn't mind that. Uh, I thought I'm unintent- surprised he didn't unintentionally talk. funny. <laughs> that was the one. Yeah, but that like, was the, the one. Sna- funny. The snake would pop, pop up and be like, "Yeah." <laughs> And you'd be like, wow. You have that good they swap God. But they hired like one of the most legendary people in voice acting in the history of Hollywood to do snake voices that didn't need to happen. They had money to burn. I'm glad we're watching it right now because I forgot that um, John Voight's character, Sarone, strangles someone with his legs, much like the anaconda. Oh, he's a snake. And then poor, and then he just kicks Kari Wurr off the boat like a bag of potatoes. What an ignominious end she had. And this one, I was like, oh. So many people in this movie don't hear things like splashing. <laughs> like yeah, you're on a boat. Yeah. And like people are dying or yeah, getting killed and you like splashing is happening and they're just like still doing their task. Like, oh, okay. Um, you know, big budget, crazy ending. Um, I guess that I would say the ending paid off you know, pretty good if you've spent Oh, your... Snake Factory? Snake Factory. I, I don't really know what was going on. Oh, but the re- the regurgitation. That, so this movie opens with, mm. a, with a title card like of some gobbledygook about anacondas. I didn't but bother. But Danny Trejo. Danny, yeah, no, yeah, but I'm talking about Danny, the- uh, opens with a terrible yeah, yeah. Like, we didn't card Danny Trejo. and then Danny Trejo. So the title card gives you these facts about anacondas that they can grow 40 feet. I'm pretty sure it's like 30 at most, but it gives you these facts and it mentions that the anaconda will sometimes regurgitate its prey so it can keep killing. And then they give you a, a human regurgitation at the end of the movie. I appreciated that. That was funny, actually. The best thing that John Voight did in this movie is have like the fake wink. Yes. When he was regurgitated. That was yes. the best thing he offered to this entire film. I kind of like the hoity-toity guy uh, that was along. Uh, that... Was he a scientist or something? I don't even know what He his... was the host. No, he was just the host of the documentary. Oh. He was oh, the talent. Okay, the documentary where they never touched a camera the whole time. They were getting attacked by the biggest python the world has ever known, and they never pick up a camera. And, and at busy. one point, okay, I'm sorry, John, King John Voight's like, wink. <laughs> But also at one point, John Voight also was like, do you want to pick up your camera? Like, no, reminds them that they're making like the greatest found footage movie of all time. But no, the documentary is supposed to be up the missed people. Right. Which not which the do snake. appear. Right. You do. You do get that at one point, which. Mm. Yeah. You're welcome. The potential to scare me with things in the water is so large. Mm. You can scare the pants off me. I'm so scared. And this just just felt like a ride it felt like an amusement park ride yes very much and i and i think maybe that was you know to some extent that was i think on purpose Mm. cat i loved revisiting this movie thank you i didn't like graduate to this movie or anything i was a full-grown adult i was paying my taxes i was not having it boo you don't have to keep milking you don't have to keep milking it kevin yeah we get it make me feel good cat had a very easy time of it here i know The next pick for this week was 2006's uh, great, great film, written and directed by James Gunn, Slither. Yup. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Love it. Um, in the small town of 
Wheelsy, South Carolina, a meteor plummets to Earth, and the terrestrial being inside of it attacks and infects Grant, a douchey guy with a very nice and very hot wife. From then on, he infects others with his seed, including Brenda, who he turns into a breeder and fills uh, to the gills with thousands of babies, uh, causing her to rip at the seams, if you will. Then all these little uh, babies uh, burrow their way into the mouths of the townsfolk, taking over their brains and making them all a part of the alien creature's hive mind. It's then up to the sheriff, Nathan Fillion, uh, to take this creature down before it takes over their tiny town and then the planet. Big fan. Love this one. I've loved it. I've seen it a thousand times probably. One of my favorite horror comedies for sure. Um, definitely still holds up. It's from Gun, so it's very funny, very like campy without being like overly campy, like overly tongue in cheek, uh, on the lighthearted side, if you will. Uh, but it's also very gory, very body horror, very grotesque. Basically, checks all my boxes. It, and I, I like it. Starts off of this as this like horror, like monster movie, but then it evolves into an invasion, like takeover situation. Um, so I appreciated that it started off with like this weird, like they called him a squid, which I thought was funny. Like everyone's trolling Nathan Fillion. Cause he's like, it was a squid. So they're leaving him like little beanie babies about squids like around. So they make him feel bad. So you're following this guy as he transforms into this alien being. And then shit hits the fan once that breeder explodes. And then it turns into like a, like an arachnophobia situation where zombie ass kind of thing, like a zombie ass situation (laughs) where all of these things are taking over the town and the people and just like turning it into this, um, like an overlord hive mind situation. Um, Nathan Fillion, one of my favorite leading men after this movie Firefly, love Firefly, obviously. I'm not a heathen. Why did they cancel it? Uh, Michael Rooker is always a fun character to watch. He's always in James Gunn films anyway. Um, So I liked that he was the villain in this one for sure. I also loved all the supporting characters. The mayor was hilarious. Um, Hot... What's her What's her name? Elizabeth Berkeley. Elizabeth Banks. Banks. There oh, we go. Oh shit! <laughs> I You're thought I had it. Showgirls. I was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I had Elizabeth Wright. I yeah. Mean, um, right. She was She was great. She was definitely like a top build person. Um, it was very entertaining, and I think the hive mind aspect is probably my favorite part because hmm. it's like so scary. Because whoever you're interacting with, even it's a we- if it's a weird deer that you've encountered in the woods that has somehow been taken over by these little wormy slitheries, they see you. So you really can't escape it. And it's like kind of just like bopping from one place to the next, trying to like outrun and outsmart this, this huge thing. So um, I think this was my winner of the week. I think it made up for the Anaconda pick for everyone. So I'm just excited to hear you guys talk about it. Thank you, Kat. I love this movie. Yes. This is so good. I thought that I had seen this like way back when it came out. And maybe I did because at this time I was watching so many movies. Like I had 
the Netflix physical account where they're sending CDs to my, my mailbox every few days, and I was going to the video store and renting three movies at a time all what the a time. time. Oh, man. that was Those were the days. So I might have seen this like when I was just watching so much that I don't remember it, but wow, wow, wow. I didn't realize this was written and directed by James Gunn. Makes a lot of sense now when he was nobody came up in horror like so many people that we talked about. I think this is one of the best horror comedies ever. Yes. I think this stands up with Tucker and Dale, yeah. with Shaun of the Dead, with any of the um, Wolf Cop, anything that we've <laughs> seen. I think this movie holds up great because it's just like, it's such a tribute to every 80s horror movie. Like it's such a mashup of all the stuff. I mean, you go from the meteorite horror in the beginning the bumbling cops, the shifty mayor, you have all the 80s stuff going on. Like you said, body horror, Cronenberg, The Fly, Shivers. And then it gives you um, Romero zombie stuff too. Like all the classic zombie tropes are in there. Um, just really, really fun. I'm surprised this wasn't a hit. This was a $15 million budget. Didn't even make its money back. Total flop. I guess maybe that's why it took a while for James Gunn to recover from this movie. Um, I guess wrong film at the wrong time, um, horror comedy, maybe 2006 wasn't really the time for it. There was stuff like the Dawn of the Dead remake had already been done by Zack Snyder in a much more serious way. And James Gunn wrote that. Oh, right, right. So I, I think maybe this just was too wacky and not serious enough for that era of horror movies, which we've talked about a lot from that time, and a lot of them are more serious and more straight played. Um, but I could not get enough of this movie. So, so good. Great, great pick. This is a rental right now, and I was happy to pony up for this one. I would definitely recommend, if you haven't seen Slither, or you haven't seen it in a long time, gotta see Slither. I think that isn't done enough is the cosmic horror comedy. Yes. I feel like the cosmic horror comedies are like really the best. And I feel like this has a like a nod to everything classic. Uh even like Stephen King like being set in like a small yes. town. Everybody is talking to everybody. Um almost like like werewolves within like that kind of like community yep. Yep. and it's kind of like eating itself um with paranoia and also just panicking. They don't know what to do. Um, I didn't realize till way later in James Gunn's career that this was him, and it makes perfect sense. He always kills tons of people, even more so now. Like I, I think that like since he's gotten huge, he has a higher death count, which is not <laughs> well, the it's usual a, path. A hard to get a higher death count than this movie. But I, I have one note. Hmm. Uh, what's a Gina? It's a country. Where Chinese people are from. <laughs> that is a line in this movie that is said. I actually, my ears up. I, I don't missed know. that. I, I'm glad you clarified that. I, I, I didn't get that exchange it's quite. A Nathan Fillion quote, right? Like, <clears throat> yeah, with a, with a child. I love Gun. I love all of his stuff. Um, I've loved the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I've loved the Suicide Squad movie that he did. And uh, Gun, like, he'll he'll keep the same people like in his stable. So like Michael Rooker. And this movie best. is unbelievable. He's always um, the best. And Gunn always pulls him in. Uh, but this movie is one that I was so pumped about. And like you said, Trent, like it was, what, what, $15 million? And it made like $3 million Thir back? It made like, like 13 It almost made its money back. It was wrong movie, wrong time. Yeah. Like you said. 
Um, this is one of my favorites. It calls back to every movie that I loved as a kid that got me into horror. Um, you guys have named a bunch of them, but like Night of the Creeps is one of my favorite 80s horror movies of all time. And this movie is literally Night of the Creeps done in the mid-aughts. Nathan Fillion said that at one point, like if you listen to the director's commentary, which is James Gunn and Nathan Fillion, one of the things that Gunn said to Fillion is, hey, we're making a horror comedy that's not funny. And Fillion was like, okay, now I get your tone. This movie is a very difficult tone to get. It's not like your typical, it's not Tucker versus Dale. It's not Shaun of the Dead. It came out at a time when like zombie things were oversaturated. Um, but what like Gunn did here was a very, very, almost like the best American British comedy horror that I've ever seen. This reminded me a lot of a movie called From Beyond, which Kevin and I talked about on uh, Patreon. It was a Stuart Gordon movie who did Reanimator. When when uh, Grant, the character of Grant, is transformed when he's in his like final beast form in this, very much, very From Beyond, very cosmic horror, like you said, Dave. That's one of the many things that gets kind of like added to the mix here. I thought the practical effects were really good. I thought the CGI was good. I mean, I don't think there was a whole lot of CGI. It was mostly, you know, like the wiggly worms just like running around. And then obviously Brenda and her state. Um, But the practical effects just of Grant like transforming into this being with like the squiddies, you know, coming out. um, It was, I thought it was very effective. It was scary. It wasn't like terrifying, but it was like, you know, it was very irksome. Loved the practical effects in this. That's one of the things that I thought it nailed so well from the movies that it's like, you know, paying tribute to looks really, really good. And even the stuff that is CGI looks fine. Like you you have mm-hmm. to do, you know, you have a thousand of these things or whatever swarming over someone. You kind of have to go for some CGI there. I thought that this did it very tastefully, wasn't like in your face. And it was only like little parts in the middle of tons of great practical stuff. Yeah. Yeah, what comes to mind is when you first see um, Grant's like little tentacles coming out, like through his shirt, when he's kind of got like a boner. Yeah, very, it's like very like a meat um, boner. Very, very alien. Very zombie ass. Exactly. It is very no, zombie. No ass. alien, not zombie. Stop. Ass. Well, they swallow the parasite, right? Uh, and then it comes. Yeah, out. what's that they movie where the hive? This the parasite goes in the mouth. Yeah, and no, then like, this parasite. Night in the creeps. The tentacles come out. Zombie ass toilet of the dead. That's right. Oh, That's what this that movie one. kept making me yeah, think of. Yeah, it checks of. all the boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a movie that was steeped also in all the horror that came before it. It was like paying homage to a lot of the classic horror movies, just like Slither. Very similar films. This is one of the weirder, uh, one of the weirder age differences in the lead roles here. Like I, at first, when it when it shows you the characters, I didn't know if he was like her uncle or something. He's so much older than her and he's pulling her away from her colleague. Like, I know what he wants to borrow and I ain't lending. Very oh, yeah. It's uh, that, yeah, yeah. It's Toxic that douchiness. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm not into. And that's we're, why we're I said- We're watching it right now. That's and why I said he was a douche because he is very like territorial. And also like they go into the background a little bit where it was like he, like she didn't have parents. So he like snuck in. And like, kind of snagged her when she was like fresh out of high school, right, right, you know. Right, they tell and, that whole story. But yeah. he, when when he gets taken over, he retains his love for her. Yeah, 
I get no, and you know, and that's like a big and thing when of it. Brenda, where she's when Brenda was trying to like get with him, mm-hmm. he's like, "No, I'm married." He's like, "No, I can't." And and that's like a big thing where you know when she's trying to like save him, save the town, and be like, you know. I know you got love for me and like blah, blah. blah. And that's like the one part where he's like, well, maybe because whenever she shows up, the monster part of him kind of like that wall comes down a little bit. And then there's like that whole end scene where they like kidnap her and like bathe her and get her ready to go bang the weird Boba Fett situation. Not Boba Fett. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Job of the Hut. Job of the Hut. Oh Star yeah, Wars. big time. Yeah, big time. Job of the Hut. Yeah. That was like the only cheesy thing to me was the love story part of it. It know, wasn't. It was, it's not like I was there yeah, for it. I was like, they're just using it as a ploy, and like obviously she's not in love with him anymore. I don't know. Whatever. Michael Rooker is always likable, no matter what he does or what his character does. In uh, Walking Dead, he was completely despicable. So gross. But, but I you loved him. him. I loved yeah. him. And, you know, even at his worst, which is Henry, they kind of put yeah, you, they kinda put that, you yeah. there. Uh, talk about uh, Portrait of a Serial Killer uh, starring Michael Rooker. I think it's one of his only, like, lead roles. But he always plays a bad guy that you like. And uh, he's, I don't know what it is about him, but. Uh, he's, he's the ultimate character actor supporting guy. He has never been a leading man. Like I said, I think Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, only leading role. Um, but he's like, he's just so, so uh, legit. He has a lot of dignity to like always do those supporting roles and do them so well. And he's been, he was, I remember in the 80s, like he would always be like hired goon number three yeah, in yeah. movies and. Love the missing pets in this. Another classic trope. The pets turn up missing. We've seen that so many times. And this does it like pets get <laughs> goes it. all the way. The pets get it and the pets get kept and the you pets see. <laughs> sure got it this week. Oh. Do you want to talk about it, cat? My cat died. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Um, R.I.P. My ride or die, Marin. Ten years. We had a good ten years. She watched a lot of these movies with me. Um, it was a major bummer, but I'm going to see her, you know, in hell. So I can't what, wait. What was, was it a heart condition? Yeah. Yeah. She had heart failure. Um, which it, you know, uh, her heart was just too big hmm. from all these horror movies that she watched. She just loved them so much. I don't know. I'll, you know, I've cried in McDonald's parking lots over this past week and, Wept. I scream cried last night, which I'm sorry for my neighbors above and below me. But you know, um, she was uh, she was a real one, and I appreciate her. And uh, yeah, so is life. I well, guess I'm really sorry. And you know, like when uh, my dog died recently, the way I looked at it, I mean, yours died at home, uh, heart failure, with you in a place she was comfortable. I mean. It could have been a hawk came Mm -hmm. and got her. And took her. Or she got run over by a monster truck or something Mm -hmm. terrible. So we're just grateful. We see here at Speak All Evil how things can go. We know the different ways that things can die. So we appreciate um, peaceful death. Rest in peace. 
I worry about hawks. That's what I worry about. That's when, when oh, my, I would too. I have a little I, ten pound dog, yeah, and there was they a will. Hawk in my neighborhood. Oh They're really? Get yeah. They will take the little dogs. It does yeah. happen. Even even a big owl can do some damage. Uh, fishers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Luckily, I always think about that. Marin was really fat. Um, she was like thirteen pounds before. She wasn't that much, um, so I didn't really have any of those issues to worry about. Um, so yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just glad that she wasn't taken by Michael. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Grant. Oh, Michael Myers. <laughs> Could go either horrible. way. Michael Root. Root. Yeah, One he of, just came for the cat. <laughs> it's really weird. One yeah. of the coolest things in this, I thought, was when the one of the Slither monsters goes in the they they go in your mouth. That's you know how they get you. It's a lot like very phallic. Yeah. Um. But it, yes, very. You can't deny. Don't call me the phallic guy when you're bringing this stuff in. Um, when it, it goes in the mouth she of calls the, you uh, the phallic I've guy. I literally <laughs> never what? called you the phallic know. guy. Someone does. Let's put that. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were saying like last week. You were, you know. I know. You made I me kn- watch a kink movie. Okay. Um, when it goes in the mouth of the uh, the girl who's taking a bath, and she has this flash, this like evolutionary flash, where she sees the planet that this um, this being came from, and she sees like all at once the whole history of the alien race. It's like so cool. And then she sees everyone else that the, the parasites are inhabiting. Like it almost reminded me of like 2001 or something like that, where you like get this whole interplanetary kind of space history all at once. I think I would like this experience. I would suck a worm for that. It was a trip. Yeah. Do you, uh, and the whole, yeah. Uh, Michael Rooker is, is that's goals. Like what he evolved to his final form. And this was great. Yeah. Everyone was just him. (laughs) I love that. That was really cool. This movie is literally one of the biggest like winks to horror of all time. I mean, Gunn like maybe overdid it. Like he's a writer before he was a director. This was his first, you know, obviously directorial debut. But he gave you so many things in this movie that you could like wink at for horror. He did the cast of it for him, which is from Rosemary's Baby. There were the neighbors that were obviously poisoning Rosemary. Uh, he also did Mayor Jack McCready, who is the character in this movie is so good. But McCready is named after Jack McCready is named after Kurt Russell's characters from Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China and The Thing. He also had the Randy Flag reference, which is from The Stand. He had Earl Bassett High, the name of the high school, which is from Tremors. He also had Toxic Avenger. Brenda yes. was watching that on TV. Yes, I forgot about oh. that. Yes. So when Grant Grant, which, by the way, Michael Rooker's character being named Grant Grant is <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> but when Grant shows up at Brenda's, she's watching the Toxic Avenger on TV. We've talked about that on this show. Uh, he also has a basket case reference. He has, in, in the beginning of the movie, there's a banner that is Henlotter's uh, Saddle Lodge presents Deer Cheer. That is a nod to Frank Henlotter from Basket Case. Uh, it, there's too much. There's too much. I mean, the, the tub scene with Kylie is could be Shivers, which you mm-hmm. talked about, Trent. Yep. Uh, but it also could be Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. where yes, Freddy's sure. claws yes. come. I mean... You get the feeling that you can't even get, you're not going to get them all, even even like doing research, even watching it repeatedly. Mm-hmm. There's like probably more in there than you can even... And I think that kind of shows that James Gunn was obviously a horror fan. He wasn't just doing it like a wand situation where he's like, this is where the money is. 
He was like, I love horror. I want to make a horror movie. And that's where we're at. That All I can think of is the, the, the Easter eggs that we're treated to in Anaconda. By contrast, Ice Cube says, today was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then actually if the one- only uh, he had an AK. The one I liked better than that was when, I think it's, is it Stoltz? No, maybe it's Owen Wilson says, do you know where you are? You're in the jungle, and baby. He doesn't finish it. I'm mm. like, ah, so this is a tale of two films right that. there. 